You ready? Sure. Recording, recording, recording. You look good. My arm is in your shot. Can you it's see? It's fine. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Just don't do crazy things with your arm while I'm talking and you'll be fine. Don't pick your nose. I like you love always do. to pick my nose. All right. All right. Ready? Carol, start. I am ready. I was going to say one thing, uh, and that is normal people break bones every few years instead of trying to like break all their bones in one year. <laughs> yeah, I've broken two toes in four months. Yeah. I still have eight left. You've went from breaking <laughs> nothing ever mm -hmm. to now. Next, What's next, the hip? Oh, please. You should just take that back right now. Take <laughs> that back right now. I'm just saying maybe space them out a little like I did over the course of a lifetime. All right. I, I will take that advice next time I'm falling. Uh, go on the five-year plan. Put together your five-year plan. Of breaking bones? Yep. Okay. I've got, I've hit two in four months, so we really need to space this shit out. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey, listeners. Ever wonder what it would be like to sell everything and travel the country at the tender age of 50? Well, with our last kid off to college and the ability to now work remotely, we've decided to do just that. So we're selling the house, loading up the dog, and hitting every city from California to Florida. We're scouring the country for a new place to call home and dragging you into every restaurant, Airbnb, and tourist trap we encounter along the way. This is the Skip Town All-Stars podcast. Welcome, All-Stars. Welcome, All-Stars. Welcome back. We have a really fun episode for you today. It's all about holiday travel. Uh, we I feel like we should be wearing like Santa hats and stuff, but since we threw all that stuff out in Los Angeles like six months ago. I was just literally, when you said that, thinking I might have a Panta, a, a Hanta hat, a Santa hat somewhere in a, a Christmas bin. negligee. No, no, I don't have that. <laughs> no, it always has to go there. I don't even understand it. Well, I um, know what you're getting for Christmas this year. No, you are not getting me that for Christmas this year. <laughs> uh, any case, I had thought I had a Santa hat somewhere as you were saying it right now. I'm thinking, I know I have a Santa hat, but yeah, it's in a box, I'm sure, packed away. No, I, I literally threw all that stuff away. It's it went to the back alley. Oh. The day we were leaving. All right. Los no Angeles. Santa hat in a box. Yeah. No Santa hat in a box. We're not very festive, I guess. <laughs> no, I guess we're not. Um, yeah. Sorry. But we still can talk about holiday travel. Yeah. We got to travel light. <laughs> we do have to travel light. We don't have room for a Santa suit. We're, we're going to a Christmas Eve pajama party. No, I think it's a girl's now. It's been switched to a oh, girl's. Oh, it is? Oh, the guys aren't invited? No, I don't think they're invited. Why, I just got a text message. none of them want to wear Christmas pajamas again this year? I actually don't know. I'll have to ask Aaron. Or is it just because we're all assholes and we all got uninvited? That could be it. <laughs> um, I did get a text message last night that it was a ladies pajama cocktail. And I was like, oh, so now what's James going to do on sounds, Sunday night? Sounds hot. <laughs> it didn't say, <laughs> oh, here we go. No, Are you guys going to do pillow fights too? No, we're going to be having onesies and like drinking whiskey. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not, it's not the, the, the negligee nighty uh, party you thought it was. No, definitely not. <laughs> Anyway, so we uh, we don't have any sexy pajamas. There are regrettably no Santa hats, but we're still also regrettably going to talk about holiday travel. We're going to talk about holiday travel because it's a nightmare. Let's be honest. Yep. And we're going to share our experiences of a holiday travel and what we think our do's and don'ts are. 
listen to us or don't listen to our suggestions, but we've lived it. We know it. We've been there. We've gotten nut punched so many times over the years. <laughs> All righty. By Santa Claus and his magical elves. Not so magical. Not so magical. We've had some magical and not so magical experiences. Let's get into it. All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the most recent trip that we've taken, which was last Christmas. Was it 2020 or 2020? I'm so confused on the date. 2021. It was 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it definitely wasn't 2020. So the last one, because 2021 and 22, like so blend together. I was talking about a destination I went a year ago and James reminded me, no, it was just this March. And I was like, wow, so much has happened. So in Christmas of 2021, we decided to uh, travel out of Los Angeles via a minivan. I look, we have a, we have kids, so you know our cars are just not going to make any kind of road trip. So we it's always okay, have okay. Twenty, it's twenty twenty two. You don't, we don't have to feel minivan shame. No, anymore. but we traveled in a minivan across country this time with just you yeah, and I. No. So we are, I think we are truly minivan people. But uh, we're just in denial. Yeah, for sure in denial. We're in somewhere in the middle of the five stages of minivan grief. I think so. Yeah. So we still go back to the minivan though. So in 2021, we took a minivan to um, an area called McCall, Idaho. And we had talked about doing a winter trip for many years because uh, living in Los Angeles, our winter- that was 2020. You told me it was 2021. No, 2021 was San San Diego. Diego. Okay. So in 2020, we traveled in a minivan to- McCall, Idaho. And we brought a guest with us, which was um, one of our family friends. Uh, We took Harrison Rich with us. Yes. And for those of you wondering why someone would lend their son to (laughs) us for the holidays, let's start out by saying Harry is a nice Jewish boy from Encino, California. And he's an amazing dude killing it up at Washington so he wasn't right now. So, yeah. but at the time he was a senior in high school and he was like, I'm not doing anything this week. Cause all my friends have family plans. We're like, hop in. Yeah, exactly. He celebrated Hanukkah with his family and then came and celebrated Christmas with ours in a minivan. Yep. Um, it was really fun. So what we ended up doing was we traveled from Los Angeles to Idaho and we stopped at a couple of, uh, areas from here to Idaho. I think it was just actually Two? We slept over in Reno one night. We did. And I broke out the Zillow there, but frankly, it was so long ago. I'm sure so much in the markets changed, but I was kind of pleasantly surprised when we woke up the next morning. I was like, Reno, huh? I mean, obviously it's right across the lake from Lake Tahoe in California. Yeah. Um, but I really was digging the forest and you know the environment and everything. But we left Reno. We did a quick stop in Winnemucca, Oh, I'm so happy you remembered that. Yeah. So uh, it was Harrison's idea to stop in Winnemucca. Mm-hmm. You're either a Winnemuccan or a Winnemuccant. And we were Winnemuccans. I can't even say it. Go on. Were we Winnemuccans? Tell me about it. We were not Winnemuccans, no, we actually. Not. Every place We stopped at one place to get muffins and coffees. Oh, that was a bust. It was a horrible place. Yeah. Uh, I forget where. It was but- okay. We all like bagged on Harry for finding that place. Yeah. <laughs> we still talk about it to this day. So really quick, going back to his mention about Reno and being near Lake Tahoe, uh, Tahoe, Lake Tahoe is beautiful. It's in Northern California. It's nothing but blue water, blue lake. Yeah. Keep Tahoe blue. That's what they say on all the bumper stickers. They do. And they're very strict about keeping their lake blue and the forest. It's literally water and forest. So to, I just have to say Lake Tahoe is gorgeous. If you've never heard of it or have never been, you should definitely look it up. And Reno, 
is very close to Tahoe. So we stopped in <laughs> Winnemucca and um, we we left. And then we headed to Idaho. Um, the one thing is that we generally don't do destination trips for Christmas. Living in Los Angeles, Los Angeles is a destination for most people to come during the holidays because it's warm. Yeah. So we have never ourselves found it appealing to travel during the holidays because we live in kind of a destination place anyway. We can go to Malibu if we want it on Christmas Day. Um, well, yeah, but not only that. I mean, we had a million kids. So paying $600 to $800 in airfare for each kid. I mean, we only went on one or two Christmas trips ever, which we'll get into. But uh, for us, it was very cost prohibitive. And it was my only couple weeks off normally from work. Yeah. So that's another reason why we didn't do it as well. Look, if we lived in like a really, really cold climate, uh, and we just wanted to get a break. We may have done it more often, but um, but yes, one we lived in we lived in a warm climate. Uh, two, I honestly couldn't think of a place that I wanted to go to during the holidays to um, mix with like every single other person in this country that was going to the same destination. I mean, everyone from California goes to Hawaii. I don't know where you live, but you probably have a particular area that people flock to. My guess is like. If you're in New York, then people are probably going to Florida for Christmas or maybe the Bahamas. Uh, if you're in Chicago, definitely people may be going to Florida because that's kind of a destination for the Midwest. Yeah. For Californians, it's Hawaii for Christmas. Everyone does Hawaii for Christmas. Yeah. Um, that really wasn't appealing to us uh, for the reason that he said, uh, being that it, it is so expensive. I mean, we are already in a nice climate. Hawaii definitely is warmer during the holidays. Yeah. But to go to Hawaii during the holidays for our family would be around six to $800 a ticket. And with a family of five, you know, we're at $4,000 just in airfare and we haven't even included a hotel or food. So we could do Mexico during the holidays, but then as a family of five, it's cheaper. None of us really are excited about sitting in the airports. Like we're just not like, it's just a consensus with our family and yeah. everybody's different. Some people don't mind the crowds of the airport during the holidays. We're just not one of those families. I also think the kids just want to, you know, after a certain age, the kids just wanted to hang out with their yes. friends during the holidays. Yes. And, and then Go going to the malls. Yeah. You know, and going back stuff. to what you said, which is he is only off two weeks out of the year. And that is between Christmas and New Year's. And so with those two weeks, we generally like do a lot of fun stuff at home because it's the only time that we are really all together as a family. So why don't you talk about some of the stuff that we do during Christmas? Okay. So first off, I know what I do and that's, uh, I always rush last minute to buy gifts for everyone. So I am that guy in the mall, even on Christmas Eve, and at the pharmacy, remember that one year I bought like a whole bunch of shampoos and stuff for the girls because I'm like, okay, well, they're older now. They don't want as much candy or toy. There are no toys anymore. They already have iPhones. So I bought them a bunch of shampoos and you're like, uh, yeah, no, they all want like salon grade oh, shampoo. Yeah. yeah. So yeah I he came back with like fructis or whatever the hell it's called. And I was like, no. I was like, uh-uh. So it was at that moment they're, I realized using how Aveda. out of touch I was as a father. But generally speaking, the last few, the first few days of every Christmas vacation for me is obviously playing catch up and you know buying gifts. Um, but then uh, there have been a couple years where uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to carry on the Ohio cookie table tradition at Christmas. That's 
And uh, one year it went really well. We had like four or five kinds of cookies that we made. Uh, they didn't last very long. We didn't make enough of them. Okay, so hold up. Let's just be clear here. So when he says he didn't make enough, here's exactly how it went down. And I'm not lying. He was in that kitchen from morning until night. And I think it was like the 20th of Christmas or the 21st. He made like five different kinds of cookies. He made, I don't know, he made clotches. Um, he made snowballs. He made chocolate chip. He made... um. Oh, um, uh, Buckeyes. I mean, he literally, is that even five? I think. O-H-I-O. No, he may have made more than that. So all day, like there's flour everywhere. There's pans everywhere. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this is amazing, right? This is amazing. So like, I don't really know what happened, but like, you know, I had to wait to the end of the night and then the next day, like, you know, he wanted everything done and baked and cooled and all of that. I'm like, okay, fine, fine. No. And I took a couple here and there. I know he made some little gift bags, which was really nice for like his, like our, our daughter's fam, friends, like their family. So he made little gift bags. Well, it was only right because I had enlisted all of our daughters and their best friends to help me out. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not begrudging that at all. I'm like, yeah. I thought it was really sweet. And then the next morning I wake up and, um, there are two snowballs. Like you. <laughs> That's an exaggeration. No, stop it right now. <laughs> that is... He gave all the cookies away. Like literally like the next morning I true. wake up and there were two snowballs and like five chocolate chip cookies and like a ton of klotchke, which I don't even like klotchke. So I don't, could care less about that. And, um, and I was like, where, where are the cookies? And he was like, oh yeah, I'm not sure I made enough. That's what his answer was. I'm not sure. I mean, all day I waited for these. I thought we had plenty, truthfully. We had enough of the other cookies, but I don't know. We didn't make enough overall, I guess, because somewhere middle of the day, Christmas day, we ran out of cookies. So It was the next day after you yeah. baked. Let's, it wasn't even Christmas day. We had no cookies on Christmas day. That was day. my first stab. The second stab went even worse. And this was the last year that I did it. So uh, the second time I tried to do it, the girls were just... They were in this headspace as, I don't know if they were teens or tweens or what, but uh, they couldn't have been less interested. They couldn't be bothered. They were like, don't even talk to me Ellie right now. and her best friend Shay just begged me the entire time we were doing these cookies to take them TPing houses. <laughs> That's and right. They we were can get rolling into a, dough and asking you, when can we leave to go TPing? We got to get into a Halloween episode one of these days next year, but- uh, the bottom line is we're talking chronically the two worst TPers in history. They get caught every house they go. Yep. Um, and I kept arguing with them. Like for, this went over the stretch of three hours to the point where they wouldn't relent. And everybody uh, finally got sick of them asking. But, you know, can you imagine waking up Christmas morning and you have TP all over your house the next day? Like, or like, you know, yeah, no, I, I would not want I that. I was like, we're not going to do that. And she's like, Wah. and they were like, you know, what would be more fun than making these cookies <laughs> is if we went to go TP houses. And there was a part of me where I was like, okay, but I just kept thinking in the back of my head, like I'm the dad in my pajamas and flip flops cleaning toilet paper off the tree before grandma and a hundred other family members roll up on Christmas day. That would really suck. So I was just purchasing. So you shut that down, didn't you? I did. Like if if it had been Thanksgiving, I would have been like, sure. Oh, oh so wait, 
It's holiday specific to TP. Hold on. Well, no, I mean, normally you do it on Halloween, right? Or in that area. Okay, but wait. You're or in the fine. middle of the summer. Okay, so grandma's coming over for Thanksgiving. So explain this to me. So you're fine no, with- I think most people go over to grandma's house. So if they wanted to- <laughs> That was your thought? That was my so thought. So did you actually say to them- Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a total like mood killer, vibe killer or whatever. You were like, but oh, if like, this is Thanksgiving, like, this I would is take not you. the day, yeah. Like if it's New Year's Eve, I would have been like, go crazy. So I'm like, where are we going? What neighborhood? Are we going to Tarzana? Are we going to Woodland Hills? Tell me where we're driving. Oh, so, so New Year's Eve, let's go crazy with the TP, but yeah. Christmas Day is off limits. Christmas Day is off limits. Nobody wants to wake up to a yard full of toilet paper on Christmas Day. Okay. So what happened? What, so did, what did happened you, was- Were they like, oh, you're the worst dad ever? Yeah, pretty much. And uh, <laughs> I ended up making the rest of these stupid cookies and my whole like idea of continuing tradition- uh, I, it died that year. That was it. That's, I spent the next two or three, I finally sent them all away and I said, you know what? I'm going to finish these. And somewhere around 11 PM, I'm like, I'm never doing this shit again. So this is like, I'm just going to go back to doing dad stuff. So which is shopping late for Christmas, shopping late for Christmas, watching football, drinking vodka and watching football. Yeah. So let's talk about my Christmas experience, <laughs> my Christmas traditions. Cause it's, I think a little different than his. So my Christmas traditions basically revolve around wrapping gifts for hours. I hours. Help. I help. I do fall asleep at a certain point, but I do help. He does. Um, I will give him one year. It's the oh worst my gosh. Day. It was the Christmas best. Eve sucks. Okay. So we always say to ourselves we're gonna start early. And we meaning me, because I will start early and then as the days go on, more gifts are purchased. So even though I started early. Yeah, that's when I come home with all my gifts. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's like another 15 gifts that now need to be wrapped. Okay, so I will try to start early, meaning I try to start around the 20th to wrap gifts. But that just like, that doesn't even include Wait, like. narrator voice. But she doesn't start on the 20th or even the 21st. That's Go on. not true. I think I get a five gifts wrapped on the 20th and 21st. I don't think okay? you do. I you started did. just giving them to Mia. I did give them to Mia. Yeah, I would give her the other sister's gifts to wrap. <laughs> but then that did not turn out good because the, she would see what they would get and be like, oh, so Ellie got this. And then I'd be like, oh, you got something good too. And then I stopped doing that. I think I did that one time. Yeah. I let them wrap each other's birthday presents, but I stopped with the Christmas I gifts. I think that's a wise move because- you I know, think I only did that one time, James. I, think, I, think I only did that one time. I think we're like, well, you had Mia wrap my stuff all the time. Oh, okay. Your um, stuff is different. Yeah. Um, I know because she's not comparing what she gets to what I no, get. There's yeah. no comparison I actually, anyway. You know what though? I actually don't think, to be honest with you- I ever had Mia wrap the other girl's Christmas gifts. I don't, I don't think know. I ever did that. I think it was just yours. I just and like remember I would knock Lori on the door and, and say, hey, you got to do the dishes. And she's like, I'm wrapping gifts. Oh, yeah. So she was wrapping your gifts and Lori and Amanda's. I think what I recall is her wrapping, I think, Ellie's birthday gifts and saying, oh, you got this for Allie. It wasn't Christmas. Yeah. Um. So to be clear, we're like every other family in America with multiple siblings who are always keeping count. Oh. And always keeping track oh, no. against who's getting what. And on top of it, we have three girls roughly all in the same age bracket. So it's not like one's getting a Barbie doll and the other one is getting, you know. An um, iPhone. Yeah. Or like a makeup kit. No, or like they all get. Okay, no, he is so spot on. They have a tally pad. Yeah. Like down to like the dollar. Like, oh. Uh, 
well, you got Parker this. And they throw that shit out in July when they're arguing with each other. Yep. Yep. They or telling w- us what horrible parents we are. Oh, yeah. We've had that conversation. Well, they've had it with us where they yeah. tell us we're horrible parents and how Ellie got this for Christmas, mm-hmm. but they didn't get that for Christmas. And then what happens is James and I go ballistic because um, we actually spend the same amount on them. But, you know, one kid won't realize that their shoes they wanted was like this amount of money. And then the uh, item that someone else wanted was actually the same price, but they think that their item was a lot less than their sister's. And so then what happens is that we go crazy and then we don't talk for the whole day. Like like yeah. literally the rest of Christmas, we won't be talking or the next day. And then we look at the bank account like December yep. 27th yep. and we and both- we're angry again. And then we have an argument over how gross we are. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Like how much money we've spent on them. We're not, we're not doing- yeah. So this year- now bringing it up. And full to be fair to you, I'm normally the one who would overcompensate with those last couple of gifts. So oh, yeah, I'd be like, true. oh, she's only got 13. She needs, she, she's got 15. We need at least one more gift. I would always say, no, we don't. Yeah. Because and then I would go out on Christmas Eve. <laughs> he would. It's just so bad. And then the 27th, we would have that discussion about how gross we are as parents that we bought too much, blah, yep. blah, blah. So this year I shut that down. This year, everyone's getting a check for the same amount of money and they can go jump in a lake. They can go adulting yeah, on their own. And do whatever they want with that money. But I have to say, and then we're getting to a therapy session here. And I've yeah, said Yeah, we're this, not even to the travel I yet. Know, go on. I know. We're um, only to Winnemucca at this point. I know, point. we are in Winnemucca. Go on. But I have three girls and the fun of having girls is that like you can buy fun stuff for them, like clothes and jackets and this and that. And they all act like they are- like Ralph Lauren. They all act like they're Calvin Klein. Like no one can buy clothes for them because they are like, they know like the best styles when they all wear half tops and jeans. So it makes no sense to me while, while I cannot pick clothes out for them and they're always returning it or complaining that someone else got something better. So it is disappointing to write them a check. But if you have kids that argue, we have found that this will be the best solution. Get a card, put the check in the card and there's no arguing about money or how nice a jacket is that someone else got or how you got them a terrible pair of leggings, even though they're black leggings. It's like they're black leggings. Yeah. Even last year we had a little bit of drama. No, we had actually a lot of drama. Last year, our Christmas was ruined. Okay. So we're still in Winnemucca. So what we did was um, we then continued to McCall, Idaho. And we did actually bring some gifts with us. Yeah. We do that. Um, like we've traveled three times on the road. Uh, one, I actually ship gifts and we'll talk about that. And McCall, Idaho, I brought gifts. There were some, yeah. yeah but I put for them the in most a bag. Part, I put them in like a Santa bag so yeah. no one can see them. But for the most part, the trip, like we were taking them skiing. Yeah. Uh, they were doing all kinds of things in town and all that stuff. Uh, so basically the trip was essentially their gift, but we did have stuff for them. Yeah, we had little gifts for them. Yeah. And actually picked up a couple gifts on the road. Like if we saw something cute, like a cute little pair of socks or something, I'd say, oh, let's get this for them because that is true. That trip was their Christmas gift. Um, Some people have asked why we picked McCall, Idaho, and didn't pick more of a destination tourist place like Sun Valley, Idaho. Uh, I think we can collectively agree that we just overall don't like going to touristy places during peak season. Um, I will always ask, what is the local place? So we picked Idaho. Yeah, originally we were just going to go to Boise to visit Parker and be with her for Christmas. But then we lucked out 
because her friend, uh, her friend's family had a cabin up in McCall and they were like, use it, go for it. Yeah. I had actually called Parker when she was uh, still in college and said, Hey, you know, we're want to do Christmas here in Idaho. We want to see the snow. We want to go skiing. We were thinking about, um, you know, going somewhere in the snow and we thought, well, let's go visit Parker and, and do that. That yeah. would be perfect. Like see her and go skiing. Yeah. But we were just going to go to Bogus Basin, which is like a half an hour outside of Boise. Yeah. So we, that was the original plan. Yeah. And then her, her friend at that time was like, uh, her friend said, oh, well, why don't you go to McCall? It's a little further north. Yep. Two hours. Yeah. But it's amazing. There's a couple of ski resorts there. Uh, and you know, when I researched it, I was like, wow, this is perfect. It kind of like, it's kind of like, I want to say in the middle of nowhere, but if you live in Ohio, you're going to say, no, no, it's popular. It's not that it's not popular. It's, it's popular, but it's not Sun Valley. Like it's not the destination. I mean, people go to Sun Valley during Christmas because it's Sun Valley. We went to McCall because it wasn't Sun Valley. Like we well, yeah, wanted- and I'm also not a network exec. So that's the other reason we didn't go to <laughs> yeah. Sun Valley. We would have had to do totally. the- We didn't go to Park City because I'm not Robert Redford, as it turns out. Yeah, so well, he's-, he's McCall he's was Sundance. much more Robert financially attainable for yeah, us. Yeah, we could have done Sun Valley. We would have done the poor Sun Valley. We would have done like- the, It would have been the shittiest Sun Valley experience We would have done the cabin down at the mountain Sun Valley. It would have been like not Sun Valley, Sun Valley. Right. But anyway, so um, it was- really phenomenal. I mean, that trip was so memorable for so many reasons. And I think for me, honestly, the most memorable part of it was that it was mostly locals. Like even at the ski resort on Christmas, the kids got to go skiing and it was like, not crazy. It was, it was easy to get on the lifts. There were no lines and everyone that worked there was a local people that were skiing at, um, it's called, uh, Brundage mountain, Brundage mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Ski resort. Uh, it's small, but big, like there's everything you could want, but it's not like you don't, it's not this enormous place where uh, it feels overwhelming. And if you're a beginner, it's a great place to learn because the slopes are easy. And if you're an expert- Yeah, they have black are, diamond and all yeah. that. Yeah. And so uh, so James and I, we did a day of snowboarding and we took lessons in the, in the morning for half the day. And we would definitely suggest that if you're going to go skiing, uh, definitely pay the money to take the lessons for you and your kids because it's so beneficial. Just uh, look- that extra, I think it costs like $60 per person for the lessons, uh, worth every penny because even though you're going to bite it like we did, you'll bite it properly and you'll be able to know how to get up. And, you yeah. know, it's I think just- we ran about 50 50 that weekend in terms of kids who really enjoyed it and were able to like hit bigger slopes and two kids who vowed to never ski again. So, yeah. um, so not bad. And McCall is a beautiful little town. I mean, oh. starting there, uh, it has a lake. So in the summertime there's boating, there's fishing, there's things to do there, like swimming and all that. Um, it's very scenic. And for our friends from California who have been to Big Bear or, uh, Lake Arrowhead or any of those places, very similar downtown section, very Western and feel, um, and just super mountain rustic slash winter, you know, frenzy going on there. Um, we had tons of snow and we had a hot tub 
at the cabin. Yeah, it was <laughs> amazing. I mean, we had, you know, sort of all your like check marks that you want out of a, you know, if you're going to head north for a ski trip over the holidays, we had all the markings for that. So uh, really privileged that uh, Jess's family hooked yes, us up with that cabin. Very sweet. Uh, we were very cozy there for, I don't know, six, seven days, something like that. Yeah, it and was then, great. Um, you know, the, like uh, Denise was saying, the kids not only got to go skiing, but we also had a fantastic snowmobile trip. Why don't we talk about that? Okay. All right. But before we talk about the snowmobile trip, there is one thing I want to mention. Um, if you're going to do a mountain or snow getaway and you're going to drive to your destination or even fly and then rent a car and drive, I highly suggest you look at your map or look at your GPS and and see how long it takes to get to the actual cabin because you're going to want to stop at a grocery store before you get there because you just Here honestly we go with the grocery stores I know, again. I can't help it. You honestly won't know until you get there how far you are from the grocery store and how hard it is to get there. This cabin was deep in the mountains. So the grocery store was 25 to 30 minutes away without snow. Yeah, they're so, just and, taking back streets and stuff. And it, it, was, it was a, you know, your local grocer. It was an Albertsons actually, which are hugely popular in Idaho specifically, but all over the Western United States. But since it was a local Albertsons, it would close at like 8 p.m. at night or something like yeah, that. Yeah, forget the fact that it closed early. I'm talking about milk, butter, and eggs. Like you need to make sure that they have that. And sometimes in a in a in an area like that, and during a holiday, you know, they may not have that. But that aside, you still have to stop before you get to your cabin, whether it's at that store that's in town or the store that's like a half an hour up the mountain that, you know, you've hit before, you know, you're, you're coming up that road. You have to stop because once you get to your cabin, you don't want to go back. So just make a note to yourself that find the grocery store before you get there. Don't think you're going to go to the cabin settle in and then go to the grocery store. That's a huge mistake for yourself because if it starts snowing, you're kind of screwed. And that's, we learned this lesson. Like we learned it, we lived it. The day we got there, it was snowing. We fortunately had our daughter bring some groceries ahead of time. So we had a few, but there were things we needed. And to go back, it took her 35 minutes to go back, her and Jessica, to get a few things that we yeah. needed. And then 35 minutes back and, and they didn't have everything well, they probably we needed. stopped at a bar, truthfully. <sighs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, maybe. But my point is, is um, just keep that in mind. Don't go to the cabin first. Um, okay. So yes. Snowmobiling. Oh, snowmobiling. I'll never do it ever again. Denise booked the trip. Oh my, my gosh. This is so great. So great. Uh, it was just a fantastic day. Um, we booked a snowmobile trip for about how many people went with us that day? Was it seven. six, it seven, seven, seven total? So yeah. we had seven snowmobiles and two guides. These guys took us up Brundage Mountain, uh, just God's country. I mean, iced over God's country. There's just no other way to say it. Uh, the views that we got and the adjacent peaks that were right next to us as we were ascending this mountain were just like among the most incredible things I've ever seen. Uh, I had never done a snow. I, I grew up in Ohio, so I had friends who had snowmobiles and stuff, but it was all like rolling hills or flat or whatever and just nowhere near as picturesque as what we saw. I mean, it was just uh, the tops of peaks and trees and timber lines and snow everywhere. Um, we got to a great meadow 
And everybody was, you know, quickly like told to, okay, stay on this side and we can all go, you know, you guys can cruise around and just get a feel for the snowmobiles and really, you know, cut loose or whatever. Just kind of stay away from that area over there. And Ellie, what'd you do? Ellie and I decided, well, I don't know. Like we were trying to find a turnaround. We were trying to to find a turnaround. Um, So we buried it. Long story short, uh, I kept trying to like spin it around, spin it around. I could tell underneath the machine, <laughs> like if I turned a certain way, there was just like nothing but just pure powder underneath us and we were going to sink. So um, one of the one of the guides found us and, you know, dug us out. Um, yeah, it took two guys. It took about 45 minutes for them to dig them out of an area they told him not to go to. You guys should have gotten pretty good on your snowmobiles in the time <laughs> it took them to dig us out. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so the way it worked was that um, they took us on a mountain road uh, for like a good while, I'd say maybe a 45 minutes. And this mountain road was obviously a mountain road. It was windy and it was just for snowmobiles. What do you call it? A fire. It was a fire road. Yeah, I'm sorry. Road. It was a fire road. And then it opened up to a meadow, which was like something out of a magazine. Um, it was enormous. It was beautiful. And I have pictures, which I'll obviously share on Instagram of everyone in their snow outfits and helmets and all oh, that was, that was cool. Uh, yeah. And then he got stuck. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it just that was fine. I mean, like that. Whatever. <laughs> I've talked it, to so many of my friends. Everybody though. gets stuck. Everybody my friend gets Stevie stuck. got his stuck. He was yeah. on a business trip, so yeah, he said that was slightly embarrassing. I always kept tipping mine, so yeah. mine was. When we terrible. got to the second meadow, you kept terrible. you kept flipping over. I remember, um, which was just, really you know who'd you have with you, Mia? Harrison. Oh, you had Harrison, and then we flipped, right. and then we got, and that then, was a precursor of things to come. Yeah, the most traumatic incident. <laughs> In Denise's I life. hate talking about it because it ruined the experience for Harrison. I feel it didn't go on. It well, ruined the experiment. It ruined the experience for you. It did not ruin it for Harrison. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. But uh, so Harrison was on the back of my snowmobile, and there's I have so many regrets about that trip. Like one of them is that we told them how old Harrison was. Like we shouldn't have. But then I think about Janet and David, and like if we let Harrison ride that snowmobile by himself. He would have gotten stuck with me. No, not just that. But what if something happened? Like, and he wasn't, and I had lied about his age. I mean, even though he would have had a ball having the, the snowmobile on his own, I do think about his parents and like, if I had lied and he hurt himself, like, oh, I would feel terrible. I just have regrets. Like I think Harrison would have had more fun on his own snowmobile and I should have just lied about his age. But I didn't. So Harrison got stuck on the back of my snowmobile. I think um, you should have a bigger regret than that. No. <laughs> <laughs> or that's that's no, part you know of what, your though? regret. Oh, there's like just get to the story. Okay, so the story is is that I was notorious for flipping or not flipping, but tipping. like tipping my snowmobile. So every time I was on it, every time Harrison and me, Harrison and, and I were riding it, I always tipped it. And I kept apologizing to him profusely. I don't know what it was, but I kept doing it. So then on the way back, I had tipped it so many times that I was so in my head that on the way back, I could actually talk about this now because I couldn't talk about it before, but I think I mentioned it to you once, but nobody really knows the trauma that was going on in my head. So we're coming down the mountain and we're going now back to turn in the snowmobile. So all we have to do at this point is just come down the mountain back to the ski lift to return our snowmobiles. 
But I have tipped my snowmobile so many times at this point that I feel like I can't even drive the snowmobile. Like I'm so in my head. Now it's about a 40 minute drive down the mountain on the fire road. And all I kept thinking with Harrison in the background is my snowmobile is going to slide off this fire road and I'm going to go whoosh. <laughs> it was weird. I mean, no, it got like, I'm not lying. It like, had it, gotten warmer icy. during the day. And then on our way back, it was icy. So that's all I kept thinking. And so I'm white knuckled on the handlebars. Like I'm white knuckled going down the fire road. And all I keep thinking is like a movie. We're just going to go off the edge and fly across the top of these trees. And I'm going to kill our friend's son. That's all I kept thinking coming down this mountain. Like I just have to get down this mountain. And I'm so in my head that like, I had to stop myself from like getting like so worked up. Like, like it's stupid. Like, how am I going to fly off this fire road? You're psyching yourself out. Oh yeah. There's no way I'm going to fly off this fire road. I mean, did it get a little icy? Sure. But the fire road is a fire road. It's, it's pretty big. And unless I actually make myself go straight instead of curving, I'm not going to kill us. But in my head, I just thought I was going to kill us. And then I almost did. So, okay, you can talk about that. Which, which, by the way, I really tried not to kill us by telling the guide I couldn't do it. Okay. Yeah. Did You're, you see that part? Well, let's talk about how you actually almost killed both of you okay, first. Go ahead. And then you can talk about your disclaimers. Go ahead. So from his perspective, because we all have a different... Five people, seven people saw it happen and seven people have different stories. I wish we had the other five people with us right now because the tapestry of this experience as told by five different people is just an incredible story. So maybe at Christmas we could actually put this together as a bonus episode with the kids. Anyway. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh so leaving like right away as soon as you leave on this trip, there's a little hump. Okay, so you go down a trail that runs parallel to the parking lot and within 80 yards of, you know, getting onto the main trail to go up the mountain at the very beginning of your trip. You don't even know how to work this thing yet, right? And within 80 yards, there's a guy standing there right at this hump saying, lean in, lean in, lean in. So you actually have like one of your blades actually goes airborne for about a second and a half to get over this stupid hump at Brundage Mountain. And, uh, if you don't lean toward the mountain all the way, you'll find yourself spinning into, you know, into the abyss basically, or you'll, you know, you're, you're going to wreck the thing. You're going to hit it. It's going to go down on the asphalt, whatever. Parking so, lot. It's the parking yeah. lot. So we all did that on the way up. Now, mind you, five or six hours have gone by. Yeah. Uh, we've already dug a few snowmobiles out of the snow at this point. I've tipped at least Denise seven. has tipped at least 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> Harry has helped right the ship and get us get them back on track. So we were coming down. Everything's icy. Like I said before, it had gotten warm in the middle of the day. It was beautiful. But then toward the end, it started getting cold again. And all of a sudden, the surface underneath us, like coming down the fire road, was a little more slippery. I, I definitely acknowledge that. Um, so the first few of us get back and Ellie and I pull in. You have to, you know, again, obviously coming back, you have to lean the other way because now you're going the other direction. So uh, my uh, guide goes in front of us. He's like, I'll show you how to do it. And so he goes over and he like he leans all the way off of the snowmobile toward the mountain and goes over the hump. Uh, the next, like, I think it was Mia and Parker, whoever was riding together, the two of them 
get over theirs. Ellie and I go over and we get to the very end. We all like get off of our uh, vehicles and we're standing there around the snowmobiles talking to the guide. And we're all like, oh, that was so amazing. Thank you so much. All this other stuff. All of a sudden I hear this <laughs> racket behind me and oh. I hear this racket behind me. And uh, one of the girls, like Ellie goes, oh my God, like that. And I turn around and all I see is a snowmobile shooting across the parking lot. <laughs> with nobody on it and it's headed for like a row of cars it was the craziest thing i've ever seen i was like it was all in slow motion oh i was like trying God. to figure out what I was going on talking about this i hate so, living it in my head i hate it and mia goes oh my god like she screams louder than parker or louder than ellie or whoever uh it was just all like the girls were all like what and you see this snowmobile heading toward <laughs> this row of cars and i'm like oh this is going to be like an insurance claim no question <laughs> with nobody Crazy. on it it's it's manless the, the snowmobile the snowmobile still running. is self-automated and strangely enough comes to a skidding halt in the middle of a parking space between two cars where nobody was parked. It was it was so insane. I mean, oh. it was as if somebody had been doing stunts for a movie and planned it that way. So when the snowmobile disappears behind the cars and you realize like, oh, it didn't smash into anything, uh, your eyes immediately scan back to the side of the mountain where the snowmobile should have been. Uh -huh. And you see a lump with two helmets helmets and on the ground one of those it helmets wasn't even on it was on the asphalt it was the parking yeah, lot it, it was. wasn't it was even on the, on the mountain anymore one of those helmets is like face down visor into the <laughs> asphalt and the other one is kind of like a turtle on its back trying to get <laughs> up and that one was hairy and he stands up right away and i like at this point and then uh, you know uh I don't know. There were like three or four people like waddling over in their snowsuits to like run in their snow boots and everything. It was the stupidest thing. It was like a Christmas you story where the little like, kids wrapped up in his snowmobiles. You guys look like, like gingerbread men. We did. We were like, oh my God, everybody's screaming, but they can't run fast enough. So we're all just like kind of screaming. And uh, we're like, what uh, happened? What happened? What happened? Well, then uh, maybe, I don't know. There was at least one of our kids. So I obviously have the riding arrangements out of whack, but there was one kid kid behind you who said, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> it was Jessica. Oh, it was, it was Jessica. Jessica. She goes, I've she's never seen anything like it. She's literally like a professional snowmobiler. Yeah, so she's the one from Idaho. Yeah, she's been she doing her whole life. Yeah, and she's, she's 19 been, and she was doing flips on her snowmobile like she's a crazy. Yeah. yeah. She was great. Uh, she said, I've never she seen said, it. I've never seen anything like it. She's like, it did a twisting turn in the middle of the air. So Denise hits the hump and launches it because she and Harry are not leaning far enough into the mountain. And it launched. So basically it was like an evil Knievel ramp <laughs> that just sent oh. the snowmobile into the parking lot. But did a, Jess's did account was not only did it shoot like a missile, it spun in the air and that's what threw you guys off into a lump. And then it landed on its <laughs> blades and kept sliding. It was great. It was the craziest no, thing. No, the fact that I'm not crying is just like I know. It's, it's because it's been like progress. so many years. Yeah, <laughs> you just said definite, definite progress. Because progress. Yeah. when we talk about, it, I just start crying. It's a therapy. It was traumatic. Session. Yep, I, understandably. Okay, okay, how can it not be traumatic? I'm laying on the ground and I take my hand. I'm laying. I'm the one face down, and I take my hand. I start patting for Harrison, and I go, 
Harrison, my face down. I go, are you okay? And he goes, I'm fine. And I was like, no, Harrison, can you get up? Are you okay? He's like, I'm getting up. It was like, all I thought was I killed him. I killed killed somebody else's kid. I killed him. Yeah. It was so bad. Like just talking about it brings back the worst <laughs> memories. My brother yesterday but said he wants to go snowmobiling. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh my God. So uh, so Harrison gets up. He's picking you up. Jess is like, holy shit. And I and the other three kids are like waddling over to you as quickly it as we can. Terrible. You were upset. You were like, I could have killed him. I could have killed crying. him. I'm like, I cried for days. And I, mean, I looked I and I was like, but you didn't. Like he actually helped you up. <laughs> so um, yeah, was, you were upset. What it was put a, most? Tr- it put a pall on the trip for oh, you a little I bit. I cried in the bathroom. Jessica went in the bathroom and I was ah, like crying. And, oh, there's so many <laughs> stories. So, so the worst part about it is this. Okay, those tour guides wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible because before we got to it, I stopped and the tour guide came over because I had stopped my snowmobile. I saw what I had to do. I'd already tipped it so many times. I was exhausted. I was thinking I was going to fly off the mountain. I just couldn't do it. So he was behind me, I think, or maybe he was ahead yeah, of me. I can't one, remember. There should have been one like behind at me. The very end, and I yeah. said to him, I said, I can't do this. And because the wall, Okay, so it's what the hump he's talking about is actually a built up wall that's probably four feet high. And then below is the is the parking lot. So you're riding along this wall. And I knew that I had to lean to the left because if I leaned to the right, we were going to end up crashing four feet high onto straight pavement. And that's what happened. I was trying to avoid it. So I said to him, I can't do it. I said, I've tipped this snowmobile so many times today. I can't do it. He goes, it's easy. He says, it's easy. Just lean to the left. You've got this. I mean, he literally came off his snowmobile and I said, I want you, I told him, I want you to bring it in. He goes, it's easy. You can do it. You can do it. And clearly I couldn't. What ended up happening (laughs) was I hit the gas. That was a nice button on that story. And clearly I couldn't. I hit the gas too hard on the snowmobile to get over the hump. I just wanted, because it was literally like physically a hump. And I just wanted to get over it. I hit the gas too hard and I went right off the wall. And you cannonballed it. Yeah. I went right <laughs> off the wall of the snow wall, headed right off. It's like a, a four foot drop. So I went right off that wall, headed toward the parking lot because there's nothing. There's nothing to the right. If you go to the left, you're on the mountain. If you go to the right, you're in the parking lot. And all I remember, honestly, is that the snowmobile, like a rocket shot out from under us. And we fell, we were in the air. I know we were airborne at one point and we fell on the cement. How the snowmobile didn't land on top of us. I think it was going fast enough where it just dumped you off when you were upside down. It was just maybe a miracle. Like I, I don't know any other explanation. Yes. It obviously went fast enough, like a rocket. It could have killed us. It could have easily killed us. So how it did I thought about this several times and I know there was probably like uh, a security officer watching a big panel of cameras. No, there was just sitting there like munching on a Reuben (laughs) and then like chokes and his eyes get as big as softballs. He's like, holy shit, we got a problem at camera 14, you know? And it was like what I saw was when I got up off the ground, I looked like to my right because, you know, I'm like face down. I'm sorry. I looked to my left. Or no, I looked to my right. I was face down. I looked to my right. 
and I saw this woman at her car <laughs> clutching her daughter <laughs> with this terrified look on her face. <laughs> and then I think Ellie said, everyone started running. <laughs> like, yeah. Like Ellie there were said, like people all over the parking the lot parking running lot. toward us. And then it wasn't well, no, until just, they saw the tour guide. No, running for their lives. Oh, yeah. like, no, Initially, Ellie said people yeah. scattered. People, Ellie was like, because there was a, there but was the, a, cra- there was like yeah. a, a no manned snowmobile on the loop. <laughs> yeah. But then as you were getting up and everything, like all the parking attendants were walking over. You don't remember crying. any of this. You had, I was crying you from out at this fear. Point. Like, yeah, I was blacked out. Literally, I get up and James goes, are you okay? And I go, I don't know. I don't know. And I just started crying. He goes, what's hurt? What's hurt? And I go, my knee. And that's all I could remember. But when I'm laying down on the ground <laughs> and I get up, the tour guide is sitting there and I go, and he's standing over me. And I remember looking up and I go, is everyone okay? Like, I think I was like on my knees or something, but I had like, I maybe put my hands up. I can't remember. I think Harrison might've been face down. I was on my back. I don't remember the whole thing, but I remember looking at the tour guide who was standing over me and I go, is everyone okay? And he goes, you parked it. You parked it. And I go, <laughs> what? And he goes, look. And I, I put my head up and I looked and there it was the snowmobile with no one on it had to be like, was it 200 feet, you think? Probably, yeah. 200 I mean, feet away. At least away, 100, 150 feet, something like that. In a parking spot between two cars. As if it was intentional. It was crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a kill switch. So, when we got thrown from the um, snowmobile. In dramatic fashion. Go yeah. On. And I guess it flipped in the air, which I obviously didn't see. Um, it did a spin uh, in the air. Did you feel it? You feel a little vertigo while you were- no, we went straight down. It just went black. We went straight down. And so it flipped in the air, landed on its, what are they called? Skis, blades. Blades. The blades. Blades. And then it it had like, um, the engine had stopped, but it still had obviously momentum from hitting the ground and is going to move. And then it went oh, right yeah. to a parking spot. It definitely had momentum. Everybody saw that differently. Um, afterward, I went in the bathroom because I had to like gain composure, but the bathroom was full. There was one stall empty. And then like everyone, you know, you're in the bathroom. So girls are chatting and they're washing their hands and this and that. And I just started crying. And then all of a sudden, everyone stopped talking because they were like, I was in a stall by myself. So no one knew where the crying was coming from. <laughs> but they were like, is that someone crying? Like, is that someone? Crying? And so everyone stopped. And I was like, ah! I mean, I just had to let it out. And then in the car, I was still crying. I cried the next day. I cried. Yeah, you two, cried. I think I've you cried for two years. You went straight to the room when you got years. back to the cabin. Yeah. Yeah, I cried for two years. You don't everyone have to cry anymore. thought it was funny. I mean- Harry, Harry's a freshman. He's or Harry, Harry's a sophomore. He is a sophomore. Yeah. yeah. I, I, And the way home, um, I did say to them, I said, I'm really sorry. And then Ellie goes, mom, that was awesome and then when she said that the whole van erupted and they were yeah. laughing and i go why are you laughing because i couldn't understand it like i really thought harrison was as traumatized as i was i thought the kids seeing that was traumatizing and so i said why are you laughing and they go because it was really funny and i go harrison like you're not upset he's like oh my god that was awesome like it was <laughs> I, I obviously am a parent and i'm an adult and there's so many things i know as being on this earth could have gone dramatically different so yeah. that's what causes me to cry so the fact that i'm not crying right now is pretty amazing because i almost killed someone yeah i don't care like I, honestly like if i got hurt whatever i could not have killed our friend's son like that would have been how do you know we went on a skiing trip and he doesn't come back you know well fortunately nobody died no so so but i'll never go snowmobiling again i never i don't recommend it i highly don't recommend it i thoroughly recommend it Ugh. 
even after witnessing that? Well, I didn't totally witness it. I just saw the result. <laughs> oh God, everyone saw something different. Yes. Ellie saw it shoot across. Mia saw it airborne. Mia said she saw it flip in the air. Yeah. yeah everyone saw something different. So anyway, so that was- I would was- totally do it again. Yes. Okay. Not me. It was awesome. Highly recommend. Um, and you know, just be prepared to flip if you're if you're fragile in any sort of way, you know, old uh, football injury or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> maybe watch out for that. Anyway, so, yeah. So that was our winter trip, and um, we really enjoyed getting a, getting away to see the snow, living in LA, and having so many Christmases in Los Angeles. So yeah. for us. It was really, really a treat. I highly recommend if you live in a warm weather climate and you can get to a colder area and experience a winter or a Christmas with snow, yeah, I'm, I, I say try to do it. Yeah. So uh, that was definitely the highlight of the 2021 Idaho trip. That really was. As, as capped off by Denise, yours truly, Denise Gordon. We did do um, one year. We've only traveled three times during the holidays. Uh, one was um, also a winter trip. We went to Ohio We when the kids were little. Mm-hmm. We flew to Chicago and then drove from Chicago to visit James's family in Ohio. And we did this for the same reason that we did the 2021 trip. And that was because we wanted the kids to see snow. But this was many years ago. This was like, I would say in 2009. I believe this was 2009. Something like that. But uh, to explain, we were going to be spending two weeks traveling. So we we landed in Chicago and we drove to Ohio because we were going to spend Christmas there with my family. And then we were driving back to Chicago to spend, uh, to New, spend Year's New Year's Eve with Denise's family. extended family. So yeah. none of your immediate family was yeah, there Carol, at that point. Carol was there. Your cousin. But oh, none of your, oh, no. no. Yeah. Uh, I saw Brian. Brian was oh, there. Oh, yeah, your brother. Yeah, okay, my right. brother was, of course. was there. Um, but um, I yeah. just, uh, I didn't, you're right. My mom and dad weren't there. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, you're so right. So that's why we decided. And the kids were little and it was kind of like their, Let's see, like, it was the only year I had ever taken them home for Christmas to Ohio. And we wanted so. them to see snow. And so it was like, yeah. well, if we're going to Ohio, we're so close to Chicago. Let's try, try to do two cities. But again, this was 2008. The kids were like five, six and 10. I mean, um, so five, six and nine. So, uh, or four, five and eight, something like that. So, so I remember we landed at O'Hare. We did. And we had a, another minivan rented. We did. And it was about 70 degrees below zero that <laughs> night. It was. And it really was. There was a guy there. I remember you like for whatever reason you had rented the car in your name, so you went out to get the the van with the guy. Yeah, you guys were all inside. I'm like it's so cold out stay. It was like Hertz rent a car. I'm like stay inside the building. I'm going to get this, you know, they pull the van around. I will make sure because I have to check the van, you know, they like do the little check and it's like 70 below zero. I'm like, "Okay, let's get through this." And um and so and then yeah. you came back in and you're like the seat won't go up or come down yeah, or whatever. Had- and I remember the rental guy was like, I'm not going out there. He did. <laughs> and then I got full on Chicago. And I don't think you've seen this on me uh, with me or any of the kids have seen this with me. But then I got crazy, like meaning like, because in Chicago, there is just this understanding that like, you can argue with the person that's servicing you and you'll get what you want. He knows you're going to start arguing and he'll do it. So um, when I walked inside and he, I was like, somebody has to come and pull these seats up because he didn't show me how to do it. It's 70 below zero. This guy works here. He knows how to do it. And you were wrestling with it. Yeah. For I was, I was in there trying to get these seats up because they were already down like 
on in the ground, like, sorry, down in the van, like they did not have them up. So I go inside and I'm like, somebody has to help me put these seats up. And he's like, Mm-mm. he looked at me and he did his head like that. And I go, oh no. And I don't even remember what I said, but like, I was like, no, somebody needs to come out here right now. Yeah, and I go, I'll go out. And you go, no, hold those, keep holding those kids. <laughs> I had two, I had a kid in each arm and uh, I was like, Okay. And then you were like, and then you played the, I have three little kids card uh, uh-huh. on him. And he was like, fine lady. And he put on his jacket and uh, went out. There. He was mad. And I was like, was Oh, mad. you're going to make us do this. I know. I, yeah. And so, um, yeah, but we got the seats. Working. We did. And then we okay, were, so, then we were somewhere in the middle of, Oh, sorry. Am I getting ahead of ourselves? Yeah. Cause I want to tell people lesson we learned here is, um, with kids, don't fly where you're going to land in the evening. Yeah. Like that was, was a huge late, right? mistake. Like we landed, I think at like seven or eight. And by that point, when you're going to a cold climate, ice has hit the roads, things are getting really cold. And these are lessons we've learned along the way. So if you're going to travel with kids, which is another thing I don't think you should, but any, that's a, that's something I'm going to talk about later. But if you're going to travel with your kids and you're going to a cold, cold climate and you're flying in and you're renting a car, be smart about it. Like we weren't. Um, try to get there at like two or three if you possibly can. It's still warm outside. Uh, you know, even if it's a cold, cold place, yeah, it's still it warmer been, than it is it at eight o'clock ro- at night. It would have been a toasty like minus five at that point. I it think. would have been. Yeah. yeah. And so the drive wouldn't have been as hard because we pulled out and we were sliding all over the road. Like, do you remember that's when we pulled into Erica's neighborhood? Yeah. And the car just was sliding through the street. And I was like, Oh, this was so dumb. So we ended up getting to her house, I think by like nine or 10 PM when we landed at seven and it was just super dumb. There's no word for it other than that. Like we weren't thinking like, yeah, we got there late and it was so cold. People's nipples were falling off. Well, or icicles were getting on your eyelashes. However you want to describe it. I chose my way. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we ended up driving from O'Hare airport to uh, a friend's house in Chicago, and it was a cold and icy drive. Yep. And then uh, I don't know how long we stayed there. Kind Just of like a day. We, the next yeah. day, like we then we drove to Ohio. So then we took. So we're in the middle of Indiana somewhere, and Mia peed herself. I remember that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because she did not want to get out of. The well, van. it's because you're such a you know militant when it comes to okay, letting the kids go to the bathroom. That is not true. That is only when they are teenagers and young adults. Like when no, they, they are talk like, about all the, they're I all know. traumatized. They all have urinary tract six. problems. <laughs> no, they to this don't. Day because you would never let them pee while we were on the okay, road. That is not true. I started You would that. make them all pee in LA and we would go to Lake Havasu, which is four okay, and a half hours away. And they weren't allowed to pee for four and no, a half hours. That's not but true. But then you would buy them sodas and snacks <laughs> and waters and juices and no. all that stuff. And then no. they would sit there and they were like, the trips to, that's why they never wanted to go for Thanksgiving. They were like, it's so miserable. Like mom doesn't let us stop okay, and go to the bathroom. That's not true. What ended up happening, and Please. if you've ever taken a road trip with your kids, you know, one will say they have to go to the bathroom. The other two say they don't. And then 25 miles later. Yeah, not even. 10 miles later, the other one says they have to go. And then you're on the road. Then another 10 miles, the other one. So no. So, but when they were that little, I of course would stop. It didn't start that 
that shit did not start until they were like 10 or 11. Okay. But at this point, they're five, six, and eight. Of anyway, course, I'm going to stop. Mia peed herself because she was deathly afraid no, to ask to go to the true. bathroom. That's I remember true. holding her out on the side of the road with her little butt in the air. Uh, cars are whizzing by. It was still like a thousand degrees below cold. zero in Indiana where uh-huh. we were. And um, uh, I remember she had a little pair of tights underneath her dress. And I was like, you got to take those off. Like, I think those are wrecked. You're going to have to, like, we're just going to leave those here. Some farmer's <laughs> no. going to find them in the spring. <laughs> we're, no, we did not leave good. them on the side of the road. I would put them in a bag. Okay. So I do remember, like, I always ask her, like, Mia, why'd you pee the seat? And she, because she does remember. She was five. She remembers. Of course and, she does. Because she says, she always says, I had to go. And then I really had to go. Like, what? <laughs> like she didn't realize she had to pee until she had to pee. She did tell no us place. about a minute and a half yeah, before like, she like Oh, because then you gotta, you gotta find a gas station. I was like, oh, we gotta find a gas station. Yeah, and but she we're goes, in the middle Mom, of- Mom. And I'm like, no, man. <laughs> we're in the middle of a frozen cornfield at that point. Yeah. Forget so, it. Um, so, yeah. So she peed herself. And then we made it to Ohio. Yeah. And we were doing great. Uh, and we got it, we got to Ohio. Uh, the best part about going to Ohio was this was uh, a lot of this was, you know, right around the time Amazon was truly taking off and people were generally using it to ship gifts and all, I, maybe you're using Target. I don't know. Whatever yeah, I wasn't using, using Amazon. I was using Toys R Us um, and Target. Yeah. But I remember my uncle calling us in the lead up to Christmas saying, he goes, uh, I don't know what I did right this year, but I just got a new Barbie dream house or whatever. Pink Corvette. <laughs> pink Corvette. Uncle Fred That's got a pink was. Corvette. Uncle Fred got a pink Corvette. A Barbie so, pink Corvette. Uh, uh-huh. My mom didn't have room for us. We stayed with my aunt and uncle. And um, and I shipped all the gifts there and he was hiding them in the garage because, yeah. you know, the, the girls like were still Santa believers. And so it's like, how could Santa not show up at Uncle Fred and Aunt Barb? So yeah. we had I I had to make sure that Santa still showed up. So I had uh, all these gifts delivered from Toys R Us and Target, and um and maybe a couple from Amazon. But I, at that point, I was still just using Target and Toys R Us. And uh, yeah, so uh, then you know Toys another- R Us pour some out. I know. Rest uh, in peace, Toys R Us. Go on. And so then another Christmas Eve where we just wrapped gifts. Uh, yeah, we did wrap gifts, but actually we had a little family party. Oh, all my cousins yeah. came over. They all helped. They were all shooting pool. The kids were shooting pool. I think pool. like Tara and Tammy came over and helped wrap gifts too. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And my uncle Fred drank Crown Royale all day uh-huh. and ate cookies and Aunt Barb was mad at him because that's all he had yeah. all day. Uh-huh. He um, lived on- Look, He was in great spirits. He got, he got his nutrition. He had the dairy from the, the cookies. He had a little flour. Little, um, he had carbs. some, some yeah. nuts. He had some protein from the nuts of the cookies. I, mm-hmm. I say Uncle Fred, he lived and off he those had cookies. A, he had a bottle of Crown Royale. So uh-huh. Royale, Crown Royal. So um, Sam, I'm getting, getting very French all of a sudden. <laughs> Royale. It's Crown Royal, I Crown think. Royal. Yeah. Um, and so that was well, one of our- Let's talk about the cro- cookie tray though, because you know, like uh, when I mentioned the cookie table back in the beginning part of this episode, uh, so for those of you who don't know, but in Ohio, in that general region, it's really important when you get married to have a cookie table. So everybody has a cookie table at their wedding. What's or a cookie every table? Major- Can you just- It's you, literally it? like all the ladies in the neighborhood will make a batch of something that will feed like an army of like snowballs or- Buckeyes or those peanut butter blossoms oh, or whatever the hell so they call it or whatever. So, um, and then 
you know, obviously they're more wedding themed cookies. I don't know what you eat at a wedding. I forget. So Wafers each lady makes like three dozen of something or five dozen of something. And then they- they're like 20 dozen of something. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, we're talking a wedding. Yeah. You know, okay. I grew up around a lot of, I'm not Italian, but I grew up around a lot of Italians. So it's nothing to have like a 200 person wedding, you know, and all the moms and, and aunties and all that, they're all making cookies like in the lead up to, you know- whoever's wedding. So, so then it's literally a cookie table. It's a table with pillars or tiers and they just line cookies up. But you can go to a graduation party like, you know, at the at the end at the beginning of June or whatever, somebody just graduated high school and you walk in, first off everybody in Ohio celebrates everything important in the garage. So they that put all the tables up in the garage. You walk into the garage, you greet your hosts. There's a keg on one side. There's a cookie table on the other. Life is good in but Ohio. Aunt, Aunt Barb and Uncle Fred did not celebrate Christmas they, in the garage. They did not celebrate Christmas in the garage, but they did know a cookie lady who made a slew of cookies. And Uncle Fred told you point blank, you're not going to be able, you wanted to order more cookies because he was eating them all. <laughs> and he said, you're not going to be able to get any from the lady. And you called and you did your sweet talk, uh, ex-personal assistant thing where you're just like, oh yeah. And do you think, is there any way I can get it by like five? <laughs> And all of a sudden, two trays of cookies come up, and Uncle Fred goes, "I'll be damned!" So, uh, you know, you you scored with the uh, local cookie lady. But anyway, we had all the cookies and everything. So Christmas Eve was fun. Kids woke up. They had uh, their toys under the tree, as delivered by Jeffrey Giraffe and Toys R Us. And then we went to my mom's house. I to honestly eat thought dinner. you were going to say, "As delivered by Jeffrey Dahmer." <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a very different episode. Oh my God. It'd be a very a different di- cur- Christmas. It's a, it's a very different Christmas. Um, so we went to my mom's house uh, for dinner that day. And uh, God rest her soul. My mom has passed years ago, but uh, she was a very fun lady. She had a very infectious laugh. There were so many lovable things about her, but cooking was not one of them. So Denise got her first full-on experience with uh, my mom making the spread for the day. And I could say probably categorically it was um it was probably the worst Christmas meal we <laughs> ever had. It's okay. Like cooking isn't everybody's thing. And um I just didn't realize it really wasn't your mom's thing. Yeah. And so when the best thing on the table was Fritos. I knew that I was in trouble. I was, and I'm not a picky eater. Like I'm really not. So I was like, I was like, Ooh, okay. She tried really hard. Yeah, she did. Mm -hmm. She tried really hard. Yeah, but it's just cooking isn't everyone's thing. And, uh, so cut to you had. Cereal. I went back to Aunt What kind of cereal do you prefer for Christmas, hon? That one I think was Frosted Flakes. And I was, I was pretty good with it. Yeah. I would I would have probably chosen like um maybe Captain Crunch or something, but Yeah, that would have been good too. What really would have been a good um cereal for Christmas Day would have been Cinnamon Life. Cinnamon oh, Life. Oh, that would have been so good. But I think Yeah, that I would have had... been great with some eggnog. Yeah. So I was just hungry and when you're hungry, you get angry. <laughs> you were and so then angry. I wanted you're like, to go I'm to eating cereal on Christmas. Yeah. I I wanted to go to a restaurant and he just kept saying to me, there's nothing open. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, there's got to be a Chinese restaurant open. And then he was like, we're in Ohio. Yeah. The closest Chinese restaurant is like 45 minutes away. Yeah. And he said, even then I can't 
I can't tell you it's going to be good. And I'm like, well, something's better than nothing. And he was like, at this point, I think it's closer to go to Aunt, Aunt Barbara and Uncle Fred's. We could find something there to eat. Yeah. Well, the problem was that Uncle Fred and Aunt Barbara went to someone else's house for Christmas. So mm. they didn't have very much food because they had the Christmas Eve party and all the food they had at the Christmas Eve party was gone. So I really- told you how to fix it. I told you, actually. I gave you a solution. And my solution was just drink Crown Royal and eat cookies. <laughs> I know, but I'm not like really much of a drinker. And you're right. It probably would have fixed the whole thing. I had had so many cookies at that point. I honestly didn't want it again for Christmas dinner. <laughs> yeah. So I came home and had a bowl of cereal. And then- Uncle Fred came home and he was like, how was Christmas? And I just said, well, I'm eating cereal for dinner. And he was like, oh, no. So He's like, uh, oh, no, Gracie's cooking again. <laughs> and so the next day. I know. Uncle Fred's so he's sweet. He's the sweetest guy. He really he is. He went out in the morning because when I woke up, there was a smell of like pot roast. And yeah. I, it was like 10 in the morning. And I was like. He made you a roast with potatoes and carrots and all yeah, that. Yeah, he went to the store and bought what a pot guy. roast and started the slow cooker and made it just for me. He's like, well, you have to have dinner. I was like, oh my gosh, it was the best. Yeah. Yeah. And then we drank and ate cookies all day. It you was did. fun. Yeah. yeah. So um, so that was our Ohio trip. Uh, then the most, that was when the kids were really little. And then we took the 2021 winter trip. Well, we should mention that we went back since it was still traveling for the holidays. We went back to Chicago and you and I actually were able to break away for a couple, a night or two at the Drake. Yeah which is a crazy hotel. Tell us about that. Well, the Drake is um, just a, a whole a old historic hotel. Like Marilyn Monroe has stayed there. Presidents have stayed there. And growing up in Chicago, I always would drive by the Drake and say, one day I want to stay there. It was like the most expensive hotel in, in, um, in Chicago to stay in when I was little. I mean, now it's just a Hyatt, like the Hyatt bought it. So it's, or the Hilton, uh, like one of the chains bought it. And at the time that James and I stayed there, the chain had bought it. So it wasn't the most expensive. It wasn't a boutique hotel anymore because, you know, this is 2008 or nine. So at that point, you know, you had the Peninsula, you had the Ritz-Carlton, you had, you know, Four Seasons. But um, it's still, you know, if you live in Chicago, it's like, oh, the Drake. Yeah, it was classy. Yeah. So um, we ended up, I was so happy. Like, actually, it was great. Like, I finally got to stay at the Drake. Growing up a kid and saying I wanted to stay there, I was like, wow, I got to stay there. See, babe, I make dreams come true. Oh, you do, honey. You do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, so we we went there and the lobby is beautiful. The rooms are kind of small. It's located right off of, right actually on Michigan Avenue, right on Lakeshore Drive. Um, it was awesome. The problem was, is that the days that we stayed there again. <laughs> it was 70 below zero. It was 70 below zero. There was a night we were going to go out. No, we And we turned even. the corner and I hadn't- It was like, daytime. I had not fully- It was daytime. Okay, it was, it was daytime. Yeah. It was a height. Uh, I was- had not fully zipped my coat and we walked around the corner and it blew my coat wide open and it was as if the wind had punched me in the chest. And I said, where the hell are we going again? And Why are was, we going? Yeah. And she was like, well, I wanted to go. You know, I'm like, we're not going. Like, And that's it. We turned around and hightailed it back to the hotel. 
Yeah, I want to take him to Water Tower Place, which is like uh, eight floors of shopping. And it's like really beautiful. It's like, you know, one of the tourist sites in Chicago. Didn't, and didn't I, care. It was noon. I'll never forget. It was daytime. So I was like, okay, it's noon. The weather will be like a little bit warmer. And I turned the corner. I'm on Michigan Avenue heading toward Water Tower. And he's like nowhere to be found. And I turn around and, and he's standing there. My coat's half off. Yeah, he's standing there with his arms out like, like in the what the hell position. And I go, what? What? He goes, no, no, I'm not doing this. And you know, what happened is, is <laughs> what happened was we were walking between two buildings and he was fine. But the minute we turned left on a Michigan and there was, that, there was no yeah, that, shelter, that lake wind. there was oh no God. shelter and it was just him in a building. Oh no, he was not. He literally turned around and we had to go back. Yeah. So it was fine. I mean, it's, you, look, if you were not from Chicago, don't go to Chicago. That's right. <laughs> Turn a corner and got mugged by Jack Frost. What Holy is that? Shit. What is that saying? If you're not from here, you shouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. If so not, yeah. So I felt bad for him. So he went back and he went to the bar. <laughs> he yeah. literally went to we the just, Drake we just bar. Went, yeah, we went to sit in the bar in the <laughs> lobby. That was far enough for me. I was good. Um. Anyway, so, yeah. so that was the end of the Chicago trip. Those are all the, like the milestones from that, right? Yeah, that was our Chicago trip. And then um, that was early 2008. That was the first time we traveled with kids during the, a Christmas holiday. Christmas. Uh, and notice we didn't do it again for another 11 years. We didn't. And then the second one was obviously McCall, Idaho, when they were, you know, teenagers and 17, 18, uh, 19. And then the third one was 2022. Uh, no. 2021. Oh, gosh, 2021. So it was 2020. Yeah, lots happened in the last yeah. year. So 2021, we did San Diego and that was that was fine. I mean, it wasn't. It was it was it was a beautiful beautiful trip. I want to do it again but yeah, without we went my to kids. Coronado Island. Yeah, but they were they were they were bad because they did the whole Christmas you got this, I got that, blah blah blah. So that ruined Christmas Day legitimately. It ruined Christmas Day and well, the up day to after that, Christmas. We were having fun. I remember I was still like I'd ripped my arm off basically the year before or the uh, several months before. So I was still in a brace, but you guys did uh, ice skating right there on the yes. beach. If you ever want to do a beautiful, beautiful California, Southern California trip, I would say skip LA, skip Malibu go to San Diego yeah. and book a room at the Hotel Del Coronado. Del Coronado. Do, Sorry, I said it wrong. It's okay. And do ice skating on the beach. Uh, do Christmas in the Crown Room. Uh, that was one of the most memorable Christmases. Um, I did say McCall, Idaho was extremely memorable, and it was. But ice skating on the water, like I said that McCall, Idaho was memorable, and it was. But I have to tell you, this was another memorable trip because you're ice skating and you're looking at the ocean while you're ice skating. And just yeah, um, so a nice rink on the sand. Yeah, it was pretty incredible with all um, kinds of seating around the ice rink and fire pits to do s'mores. Look, it's not a cheap vacation. I'm not going to lie. We actually put money aside for this. We had talked about doing a Hotel Dell Christmases in the past, um, just couldn't afford it. I mean, they're very expensive. The rooms start at $350 and go up to it could be 2000 if you're going to stay in a like casita or, a, you know, um, your own little dwelling, not like the yeah, condo. Like villas. villas. I'm so sorry. Yeah. In, in a villa. That's right. I couldn't get the name out, but, um, we saved up the money for it and, um, we just, we, we, we did it because it was something that we have talked about for years doing. So, um, I would say if you ever, ever, ever want to 
venture to California, Southern California. For, during the holidays or yeah, during the winter, leading uh, up to Christmas. For sure. Stay on Coronado Island and stay at the Hotel Dell. You can stay at hotels around the Hotel Dell. It's not the same experience. It's just not. I mean, again, it's expensive. Put the money aside. It's worth every single penny. It is the most amazing experience. Yeah, but if it's unattainable and you can't do it, it is fine to just stay at one of the other hotels. Have we talked about this in a previous podcast? I feel like we've talked about this somewhere. Anyway, you could stay at one of the other hotels and you can still take advantage of the ice skating on the uh, beach. You can still do the entire promenade at Hotel Dell has- It's open to the public. Ice cream and bars and restaurants and all kinds of like little cabanas and shops and all that other stuff. And you walk into their lobby, you can walk in right off the beach. They're not, it's not like it's gated or you can't get in. No, it's, it's open not to the high public. security. It's totally open to the public. And you can go there and see the largest damn Christmas tree you've ever seen in your life. Take a picture with the kitties in front of it. Or, you know, if uh, you're in our age bracket where the kitties don't care about that kind of thing anymore, get a picture with you and your significant other. It's a great uh, postcard moment for the following year. You know, they have um, the like fire oven pizzas outside. And one, one night we had ordered pizza outside and we're just sitting outside like by the ocean. And we came across this other family that we were chatting with and they lived in the area and they were just spending their evening on the property. Like they were, they were not staying there. So they, they lived in the area, not on the Island, but outside of it, but they were asking us questions. They're like, Oh, you're staying here for the holidays. Like, how are the rooms? How is this? Did you like, and, but people come there just to hang out on the property. So James is right. If you don't have the money to stay on site, then yes, there are plenty of hotels around the property that are all in walking distance and it's beautiful. Yep. And you have almost full access. I mean, the only thing you can't access at the Hotel Dell are the rooms themselves. Agreed. So yeah. um, you have access to all their facilities. And there are other, there are also plenty of uh, streets there on Coronado Island where you can do, you know, uh, some shopping or, you know, you lots, of, lots and lots of coffee shops, lunch places, all that stuff. You can rent bikes. You can do the Strand, yeah. uh, whatever the sidewalk is there on the beach yeah. uh, where you can ride bikes up and down the coast. Uh, you can ride bikes all around the island. It's it's cool. I mean, you can see that people who are fortunate enough to live there, uh, yeah. check out some of the nice houses there. And um, it's just a great vibe. Like San Diego is a great vibe in general, but then cross the bridge to Coronado Island and it's just like you're even in an even better place. Yeah, so. agreed. Um, the one thing I want to talk about is because we have traveled with kids during the holidays. And although we haven't done it often, I, I've done it enough to tell you that if you're going to do it, if you leave anytime, and I know everybody knows this, but I just have to say it. If you leave anytime after the 20th, you're really causing problems for yourself. So when we travel, I always make the cutoff the 20th. So I try to leave on the 18th, 19th, the very latest, the 20th. Um, obviously, Hotel Dell, we drove and you know we were just going for a couple of days. So it was a nightmare with traffic because we were in holiday traffic, but we knew that ahead of time. Yeah. But if you're getting on a plane and you can afford, meaning the time and the money to go a little earlier, you know, obviously it seems like it's it's obvious, but I just have to say it anytime before the 20th or the 20th being the last day of travel has always been uh, the day I try to pick to to leave and get on a plane. The other thing I was going to say is for those of you who actually, you know, are obliged to travel to see family during the holidays or what have you, if you if you have that ability to take an extra couple days, uh, whether you have kids or not, leave the kids with grandma if you do. 
just like we did. We left them uh, at your cousin's place. She was more than happy to take yeah. care of him while we went to the Drake and got into the city. Unfortunately, it was so cold. There was nothing we could do there. But um, uh, highly recommend taking a little break within a break, if yeah. that makes sense. It's definitely worth the extra three or $400. You don't have to stay in a super fancy place, but just that disconnect time that you can have. Uh, everybody knows family drives you nuts during the holidays. Uh, you always have that one uncle in the corner spouting conspiracy theories. You always have the high drama cousin. You always have whatever fill in the arc, the character archetypes uh, at every single um, plate. You got the grandma who's serving meat that is like three weeks old. Um, whatever the case, take that extra couple of days, give yourself a little sanity, and it's totally worth the extra money to get uh, that quick little memory within a memory before you head back home. Yeah, and if you don't have family in that destination, sometimes the place you're staying, even a hotel, they offer babysitting service like they have an outside company or they'll have people that you can contact that are vetted through the hotel. Um, I know this just as we you know when we travel, not at Christmas, but you know, other times like we know that the hotels or the resorts will have babysitting service or offer somebody to babysit the kids. And that might be even if it's just a couple hours to get a dinner for yourselves. Like that's always very helpful. Totally. Yeah. But if you can get somewhere within a couple hours, like for, for us, if we went home to Youngstown and saw my family, uh, we could take a quick little jaunt over to Pittsburgh for a day or two and just check out what's new in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So those little journeys within a couple hours and stay a day or two uh, are completely worth it in my book, worth every extra penny. Yeah, I agree. Um, we, we generally didn't travel with kids and we can, you know, we'll discuss this really quickly. Every family's different. Our kids were really good travelers. Um, our kids really didn't they cry. Were, they were very easy. I mean, um, they're not very good gift receivers, no, but they are good travelers. Yes. Uh, so even though our kids were good, we always felt like it was too much for our family of five to hustle and bustle during the holidays. Um, if you can, and we've actually done this, um, ask people to come to you. And there were some times when like James as a gift would buy his mom a ticket to come, you know, for a holiday. And if you can swing it, have them come to you. I mean, I know yeah. sometimes it feels better to be at your mom and dad's house with your kids and celebrating Christmas, but traveling is so hard and it's just gotten worse. Um, we used to travel during a time where believe it or not, the middle seat would be empty and then we could change the baby like in between us, like the diaper or, or just like have some room to spread out. You don't have that anymore. So I, I honestly yeah. could not even imagine traveling with kids now, but even back then when it was easier, we still opted not to do it during the holidays. Um, of course, everyone's yeah, different. It's, it's a lot easier to travel a parent or parents to you than it is. And, it is. you know, frankly, uh, if that's their Christmas gift, um, that's like win, win, win across the board. You save a ton of money by trying to travel to see them. They get a gift they really, really want if they happen to love your kids as much as you do. And uh, then you also get the peace of mind that like, hey, my kids are going to have a little bit of a relationship with their grandparents or my aunt, whoever, or whatever, you know? So um, 
don't be afraid to give the gift of travel for Christmas. It goes yeah. a long, long way. And even if, even though you're like in our case, we were staying put in Los Angeles. But when my mom came out, it was like, oh, she would bring my niece and nephew. And now all of a sudden we're going to Disneyland. And like all the kids had that memory, like lifelong yeah. memories, you know? So. And the one thing that I realized as, as an, as a older parent now, meaning having older kids and obviously older in age, is that sometimes we did things. And they don't remember it. So like when I, I know people who like have five-year-olds or four-year-olds that are taking them to Hawaii yep. and now having done like, you know, look, we, we traveled with the kids when they were younger. Obviously we're talking about our Ohio, our Ohio trip. They remember a little bit of it. It was a hard trip for he and I, I mean, we talk about like how cold it was, how, how hard it was, you know, when we landed and getting the rental car, you know, um, I say, and I've said this so many times now since we have done it, don't travel with your kids until they can remember it. Meaning like maybe start at like eight, nine or 10. Like that's really the time to travel. Prior to that, it's yeah. honestly just more work for yourself. I get it. If you want the family to see your kids, I get it. Totally. But they're not going to, the kids won't remember it. So if you're going to take your five-year-old to Hawaii thinking like, I'm taking my kids to Hawaii, that's stupid. You could take them to like, the beach anywhere. You could take them to the local pool, like spending that much money to go to Hawaii and think that your kid is going to be like, I remember going to Hawaii. It's never going to happen. Take them to the whole, take them to Hawaii when they're like 10. Yeah. I think, uh, you bring up an interesting point and that is if you're going to spend, you know, eight to 16 hours in an airport during the holidays, um, you're doing it not really for your kids. You're either doing it for your parents or you're doing it for yourself. Oh, that's so, such a good way to put you know, it. It's true. Uh, like, remember that trip that I booked, that horse riding trip that I booked with Parker up into the mountains when she was about somewhere around four or five years old in Puerto Vallarta. And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, we're going up to this little village. You're going to love it. It's so great. And all she did on the back of that horse the entire way up and the entire way down that mountain was say, when are we going to the beach? Right. And it was a great experience, but not for a four-year-old, not for no. a five-year-old. I mean, it was like, we were, we were dumb. I mean, there's no other way yeah. to put it. Like we were new parents. We thought this is going to be so cool. And yeah, if we had done that trip when she was 12, she would have thought it was cool. But to be honest with you at 12, she probably would have wanted to go to the beach yeah. too. So it's like, you I mean, said it best. I, knowing Why our girls is, and the thing was, I didn't even really at the time feel like I was all sulky when we got back. I'm like, she just didn't have a good time at all. And I was like, well, yeah, dumbass. Like you booked that trip just because you, you wanted it. to, you wanted to go horseback riding with your kid. So in that end, to that end, I guess, you know, I got what I wanted. It just didn't happen the way I had just, I had lofty expectations. And I, frankly, even at four years in, I was still acting like a new dad. Like I didn't know shit from shit. So, um, we're still acting like I know. new parents. Are so, you kidding? But we the don't bottom line is shit. knowing my girls as well as I know them now, they still wouldn't want to do horseback riding no. up in the mountains in Mexico. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, lesson learned. Uh, we all take our lumps as parents, but- uh, Yeah, but you said it best. Like The mindset. If you're going to spend eight or 12 hours in an airport or eight or 16 hours in an airport, yeah, your you, kids do not want to be there. You're like, not doing it for little Jenny, who's two or three years old, just so she can see grandma. She's not, she's probably not going to remember it. So you're doing it because you love your parents and you want to have your kid around your parents as much as possible. That's why you're doing it. Yeah. So. So this will be the first year's empty nesters yeah. for 2022 Christmas. Mm -hmm. And we have been talking a lot about how are we going to spend it? What are we going to do? 
And we decided that we are all going to get together in Los Angeles for one last- We are traveling with our kids, not directly, but yeah. Yeah, one last celebration. So we will be traveling and meeting them in Los Angeles. They'll be coming from their own destination. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a nightmare. I mean, we're leaving very early though. (laughs) Why do you say it's going to be a nightmare? Because I hate traveling during the holidays. I hate traveling during the holidays. I know, that part's going to be a nightmare. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like we're going to have all the kids uh, together for at least a few days. Yeah, but I'm taking my own advice and we're leaving on the 15th. So that should give us plenty of time so that there isn't like that mad Christmas rush of people. And then we're leaving on the 28th. Um, So I'm hoping that the day we're leaving, it's a Thursday. um, Again, not a crazy amount of Christmas rush. I'm hoping. But um, I just... I, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of traveling during the holidays. I just I'm just not. I'm too old. If you're a young person, yeah, you don't mind sitting in an airport. You don't mind if your flight gets delayed. You don't mind all the the people all around you. Me, it's like I did it my whole <laughs> you just life. Said, if you're a young person, like you're a granny or something. Well, I'm talking like, about in your 20s. Oh, I'm talking okay. about in your 20s, like 20s or 30s. Yeah, nobody so. in their 20s or 30s is listening know, to this. I still view but... myself as a young person, but I guess oh, I'm an anomaly. Well, then you should travel on Christmas Eve and let me know how that goes for <laughs> okay, you. Yeah, fine. let me know how that is. Let me know how you like that. All right. But uh, anyway, so you're excited about Christmas in Los Angeles. I'm excited to see our friends. I'm yeah. excited to return. I mean, it's really it's only been be a- six or seven months, but uh, it'll be nice to like catch up with everybody and, you know. James, how many months do you think it's been? We left... We left in August. Yeah, it's been three months. You said six or seven. No, it's August, September, October, November. It'll be five months. Wow. Okay. We've done a lot this year. Yeah. So I say it's going to be a nightmare because I just don't like traveling, but I'm looking forward to seeing friends and yes. We and, will. But when you said it, you were like, we're going to see our kids for the holidays. It's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> It's kind of true. I think that was a Freudian I slip. I think it was too. I'm not going to lie. Don't worry. You're just giving them all money this year. So it'll be a very sterile, transactional Christmas. Oh, it's going to be completely... Here you go. Here's your card. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. But go no, buy whatever you want. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, so next year, 2023 will be interesting uh, because we won't be going to Los Angeles for Christmas. We know that. Yeah. Um, we just don't know where we're going to be. Are they going to come to us? Are we going to go to them? Uh, it just all depends on schedules. And as much as I hate traveling uh, during the holidays, next Christmas, if we decide we are going to them, it'll again be an early travel, meaning that we'll leave like 12th, yeah. 13th, 14th, 15th, something like that. So we miss um all that mess, but not it's everybody- great to have that option. Now I'm not going to lie. The fact that I can just throw my job into a backpack and be set to go. Are you working during the holidays with us? I, this year? Well, I have to work Thursday and Friday and maybe a couple scattered days throughout the holidays, but not a lot. Um, the Thursday and fr- since we're flying out on a Thursday, that's the middle of kind of the, toward the end of a work week. So I still have to do those two days for sure. Okay. And then, um, you know, I think uh, by the time we leave on the 28th and come back, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have some time off. So All right. So be he'll be working a couple of days. And yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I guess throwing your work in a backpack, we could do Christmas anywhere next year. We just, we promised the girls Los Angeles this year as our final goodbye yeah. uh, to our, you know, our, our city. Um, I'm not sure why we did that, but you know, I think looking back, because they were it, crying, it was, because an, they were it was crying. an emotional time. And they said, "How? What? Where are yeah, we going to spend Christmas?" Ellie, and we were like, "Wherever you want, wherever you, you want." Ellie, you sold the house, and um, I haven't even graduated yet. And there's a real estate sign in our front yard saying we're an escrow 
at my graduation party. I think that's around the time where we acquiesced and just said, hey, here's a nice consolation prize. Let's go back to LA for the holidays. For Christmas, yeah. And now we're like- I don't want to go just because- I do. I want to, I miss, I can, there are parts of LA I miss. I, oh, I miss, so I miss, I miss me some LA right All now. All right. Well then. I'm ready. I know you're not, I know you could, you're like, eh, I'm good. All right. Well, you know what? One of us will be happy. Yeah. It'll be fine. And I guess next year we'll be in a different city. Who knows? Maybe we will be working with Parker producing a newscast that, that, oh, that year maybe. in Corpus Christi. That might be kind of fun. <laughs> if I she's would, still there. Yeah. I would look forward to doing something like that. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, I think that wraps up our holiday travel, what we have done in the past, what we suggest and um, what worked for us and what didn't. Uh, I hope that if you're traveling, it's easy. I wish you a lot of ease for your travels. Yeah. And I hope you have a great Christmas if you're celebrating Christmas. And, yeah. uh, you know, and thank you for all the support these past six or seven months. <laughs> Time flies by when you're having fun. It really does. Uh, we could not have expected the amount of support that we've gotten from you guys on social media, on YouTube, uh, just, you know, interactionally texts, messages, emails, you name it all across the board. We are so excited for what 2023 holds for yeah, we us. Really we have some surprises for you. We are going to start integrating guests onto the show in a more regular fashion. Uh, we really want to flesh out where the next hometown is going to be. And we are enlisting the help of some trained professionals to do that. We are. And finally, if you have not yet clicked through our link to Anytime Mailbox, our affiliate partner, who has so graciously provided us with support uh, in producing this podcast, uh, we encourage you to do so. Skiptownallstars.com forward slash anytime. And you can go there, click through that link, and uh, you will be taken to their site where they will show you basically how you can set up an address almost anywhere in the country and have mail support and U.S. postal support for your own endeavors in skipping town or just basically trying to run your family. Uh, so again, that's skiptownallstars.com forward slash anytime. We thank you for listening. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, all those happy holiday things that people say they're not allowed to say. We want each and every one of you to have the best of one. Uh, and that's it for this episode. That's it. All right. Empty nest, full, full tank. tank. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.